the late 80s, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television and to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. Hello and welcome to Pat Trek. This is the show where my friend Pat O'Rourke introduces me, Patrick Winnegar, to Star Trek The Next Generation, a show that I've never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, I'm sorry for today. Why is that? Because we've already done this episode. Yeah, and, I know. <laughs> and I got I got a new uh, a new interface for the podcast recording. Right. Saved it to an SD card. Yep. Didn't format the SD card oh, properly. No. And I can't get that episode off. Well, so now we have to talk about the loss. I'm just glad we did not have to watch the loss <laughs> one more time. It's weird though because we've already had this conversation. That's true. I, I mean, maybe we'll remember some stuff that maybe we missed, but I doubt it. I doubt it too. I doubt it. All I remember is that I did not like this episode. <laughs> I remember uh, not having a lot to defend it with. <laughs> I am sorry for saying that right off the bat, but it's uh, it's not great. Uh, not a great episode. It was okay. It's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, look, you got what forty episodes a season mm-hmm. or some crazy number <laughs> like that because seasons were like impossibly long back mm-hmm. in the early nineties. Some of them are gonna suck. Yeah, they can't all be. They home can't runs. all be great, right? Yeah. So, well, uh, fun fact. Okay, we heard this in passing in this episode, but the Breen are mentioned. I don't know what that is. It's the very first time we hear mention of this awesome alien race. Okay. Uh, and we'll see them later. They yeah. look like future robots. They're pretty badass. Oh, uh, do we see them in TNG or Deep Space Nine? Or I think in both. Definitely in Deep Space Nine, and I'm pretty sure a couple times in TNG. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so this came out December 31st, 1990. This was a New Year's Eve episode. But here's what was going on in the headlines for Patrick's Log. I found this... Uh, Pretty funny headline from the L.A. Times. In the Northwest, specialty coffee is the hot drink. Seattle residents line up for exotic beverages at stores and offices. The craze may spill over to L.A. Now just listen to the intro. Okay. It is a curious ritual in Seattle, and it is practiced here with cheery determination. People go to the supermarkets, but before they load their carts, they stand in line. They go to a garden nursery. Before looking at plants and bulbs, however, they line up. It's the same at medical centers and department stores. And of course, they line up outside office buildings before heading up the elevators to their jobs. They are lining up for coffee. Not just ordinary coffee, but specialty coffee. Designer coffee drinks. All kinds of exotic coffee. Two double lattes, <laughs> light and a mocha, short drip and a tall red eye. What are those? Oh, and throw in a decaf Americano. That's the way they talk. Honest. <laughs> I like two things about this article. First, why the long lead-in about lines? I don't know. They were just fascinated by people lining up for coffee. But didn't people always pretty much do that? Like, there have always been Whatever you go Dunkin to a store, you got to yeah. wait in line. Right. I don't know. Uh, the other thing is, I had a flat white the other day. What is that again? I don't know. It's a latte of some kind. Is that the one without you. foam? 
It's, is that what it is? I think so. I just ordered it because I was like, oh, it's a special Christmassy thing. I don't like flavors, so I thought, wait, oh, maybe I'll try yeah. a flat white. I think that just means a latte without foam. Oh. I could be wrong. Oh. Yeah, without the fun part. <laughs> I mean, it just tastes like a latte to me. Okay. <laughs> it was a dollar more, though. I don't know. I was like, excuse wow, me. Wow, yeah. Can I have my dollar back? Yeah. I've waited in a long line. <laughs> they talk that way. Honest. <laughs> Yeah, that's what was going on uh, Christmas Eve, 1990. People waiting for their lattes. Uh, Well, should we get into it? Sure. So, as we said earlier, we're talking about the loss. And this is one of those where the A plot and B plot kind of link up to each other. We get right into, I guess, the B plot. So, the Enterprise is on its way to something. Mm -hmm. But they have to stop because they find this anomaly. And Worf is scanning. He finds it. He's like, oh, you know, maybe it's just like sensor ghost or something. I don't know what that is, but it's kind of the A plot. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know which. They're intertwined. Intertwined, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Data is like. We have a braided plot this episode. (laughs) Data's like, oh, well, I picked up this other anomaly, like, and then it disappeared. Uh, It was plain polarized objects. I don't know what that is. And. Picard's like, okay, well, we got to stop. We got to figure out what this is uh, before we end up to our destination. So the Enterprise is stopped investigating some anomaly that they found on their sensors. Meanwhile, we're in Deanna Troy's office, and she is talking to Ensign Janet Brooks, who I noticed when we were watching this looks kind of like Beverly Crusher. Yeah. And she's talking about the death of her husband in some Starfleet accident. So similar backstory as yeah. Beverly Crusher Which as well. Which makes me think, like, were they just planning on using Beverly Crusher for this and well, then thought it was a bad idea? I think it's more near term than Beverly Crusher, though. Whereas okay, that her makes sense. husband... She husband, said it right? happened five months ago. Five months, yeah. yeah. So she's still grieving where hopefully Beverly is, is beyond the stages of grief. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's interesting, though. One thing I do like about this episode is... She's just a red shirt, mm-hmm. and her husband died in some red shirt accident. Yeah, but we're seeing how no, these are real people. Like this actually affects them. Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely don't get to see that enough, right? Like that guy whose head exploded. Oh my god! What, what happened? happened to to, what happened to him? <laughs> Did anybody ever call his mom? He just got turned into a gif. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. He got gift, but his mother still doesn't know. He's She's got to see it all the time. Anytime someone gets owned on Twitter, <laughs> that was her son. <laughs> He's a person. His head got exploded by a space baby. It wasn't funny. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, Ensign Janet Brooks is talking about how her husband Mark died in this accident five months ago. And she's like, I'm I'm dealing with it great, burying myself in uh, in work, and I'm, I'm taking up extra tasks and stuff like that, and I'm, I'm doing just fine. And Troy's like, that's actually not healthy. That's not how you deal with it. Right. That's how you avoid You're dealing distracting with it. yourself. Yeah. This isn't good. <laughs> you know, so... You should allow yourself to grieve. Yeah, Troy's just like, okay, so, you know, you're going to have to face his death. And uh, as as they're leaving, like, they're setting up this other appointment or something... And Troy just gets washed over with pain. Oh, again. Like she kind of blacks out. Right. How many times has she had a random headache like this? Isn't this the third time? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-oh, there goes her powers. Yeah. <laughs> we know this whenever Deanna Troy gets a headache. Right. And and she's, like, in mid-conversation mm-hmm. with Janet. 
and then repeats herself, and Janet's like, uh, you just said that. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm fine. I'm not having a stroke or anything. <laughs> she goes back to recorders and just, like, collapses. Something has happened to her. Oh, no. So Picard is about to leave the anomaly. He's like, okay, I guess we researched it enough. We don't know what it is. Fine, we, we got we to gotta go, though. They're about to start the ship up, but the warp drive malfunctions. Uh, there's a collapse in the warp field. Oh, no. So they can't, they can't get anywhere. They find that the ship is being pulled at one-tenth impulse power, so very slowly being dragged, but they can't break free. It's like in a slow current. Right. In a single so they're, direction. They're drifting off in this, this other direction that they did not intend on going, and so Picard keeps trying to like move the ship in all these different ways. They can't get out. They're locked mm-hmm. in almost like a tractor beam. So Jordy, very weak tractor. Yeah, really weak one. It's moving very slowly, but they're being Mm -hmm. pulled in some direction, and they don't know why. Jordy reports from engineering that everything is actually fine with the ship. The engines work, the warp drive. It's all great. There is no reason why this should be happening unless something is acting on the ship from the outside. So everyone on the ship, or not everyone, but a ton of people on the ship, not just Troy, are reporting headaches. Troy is like trying to contact Dr. Crusher while she's experiencing this what looks like a migraine or something. Crusher can't get there right away because she's one doctor and there's a ton of people on the ship. Yeah. And there's also more doctors on the ship. Yeah. I don't know why only Beverly could go to, could go to Deanna. But Beverly is the one that ends up showing up. Right. And she's like, hey, are you okay? I, I came here as fast as I could. And Troy's like, no, it passed. I, I, I feel better for some reason, but I, I just feel weird and uh just then captain card calls a staff meeting so whatever crusher was about to do gets cut off uh they're talking about this situation that the ship has found itself in data wharf geordie they're all really unable to give a direct answer about what is happening because they don't know they just know something is acting on the ship we're being pulled at one tenth impulse power don't know why and picard is like okay so Troy, can you sense any kind of intelligence acting on the ship? We know it's an external factor. And she's like, no, I can't sense anything. I can't, I can't sense, sense anything! I can't sense any of you! Ah! I've lost my power! Again! Yeah. <laughs> so they're now completing this medical examination that Troy was not able to get. And Crusher is saying that she's found basically what amounts to brain damage mm. for a betazoid. Right. Uh, she can't really zero in on what happened or why, or if she will ever repair. Troy is like, well, you know, I probably will, because Betazoids actually recover from brain damage pretty quickly. And Crusher's like, you're only half Betazoid, so I don't know if that's going to work. We just don't know. You may not get your power back. Deanna's pissed by this, too. And she's really, really mad, and uh, Crusher's like, look, this is like if one of us went blind and didn't know if we would ever regain our sight. Just went blind for no reason. So you need to see a therapist, you know, because this is going to cause a lot of emotional trauma for you. You've lost one of your senses. And Troy's like, well, I'm in luck because 
I'm a therapist. And Crusher's like, no, I mean, you need to talk to someone else. <laughs> this it's is, so ridiculous this is not gonna work. Troy wouldn't support therapy, considering that's what she that's does. That's what she does for a living. She should know better than to be like, no, I got this. Right. I'm good. So she goes back to recorders, and Riker comes to talk to her. It's like, hey, uh, are you okay? She's also pacing in the dark uh, doing nothing uh, when he yeah. shows up, which is strange. And but. she just snaps at him and is like, look, you don't need to treat me differently. You don't need to, like hold my hand, you know, just because now I have a disability, like, you, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just let me be fine. And Riker's like, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Troy is talking to Janet again in her office. and Poor woman's Beverly Crusher. Right. And Brooks is like, Janet Brooks is like, you know, I think everything was right like oh i forgot to mention the last scene uh brooks mentioned that she got rid of all of her husband's uh stuff and troy troy pulled out a music box that she's been holding that she's been holding on to her in her office and like gave it to her and it started like i guess the tears of flowing or something oh my god so what an invasion of someone's privacy so weird and, and wishes yeah so brooks was like you know, that worked. I, I cried and I cried, and now I'm back to normal. I'm completely over I'm it. healed. Thank you, doctor. So Troy is like, look, first off, you should know something. I totally lost my like empathic ability. So you should know that. So I have no idea if you're telling me the truth. But I can guess that you're not. <laughs> People don't just immediately heal. You're not just better. Yeah. And Brooks is like, no, no, I did. Uh... You know, I, I cried, and now I'm going back to my job, and I'm totally fine. And Troy's just like, well, okay. <laughs> I can't say that you're lying. I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Data is talking uh, about, like, Jordy's findings on, on what this thing is. And the particles are apparently only two-dimensional. So that thing he said at the beginning about plain polarized, like, yeah, particles or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was right. Uh, that's why they can't see anything different. Yeah, they have to look at it from above. Right, because they only exist on two dimensions. Yeah, it was like looking at a poker chip on its side versus right. above it. Yeah. So data is like they're moving in ways that we would not expect. So that leads me to believe that maybe these things might be living. I don't know. Maybe if we polarize our graviton field you know, we could reach out to them or something and or break free. Because, like, we don't want to kill these things. They could be living beings. And Jordy's like, okay, uh, what we can do is we can overload the warp engine, uh, but maybe that won't work because we're trying to act on two-dimensional beings in a three-dimensional ship. Mm-hmm. So this is a risky maneuver. Yeah, they might not even know we're here. Right. There's no way that they can interact. Right. So that they have a two-dimensional thing dragging them somewhere in a three-dimensional <laughs> ship, and the, the, the goal is to either escape from this or to talk to these things. And they have no idea how they're going to do either one, but they're going to try to overload the warp engine. So uh, now Troy is starting to get... She's getting into the anger phase yes. of loss. Mm-hmm. So first she denied it. And thought it was like, well, this is only temporary. Now when she's realizing this may not be temporary, she's getting kind of pissed. She goes back to Crusher and is like, okay, so you have, you have those lab findings or whatever. Crusher's like, uh, no. Uh, I researched everything that I could about betazoid brains and half-betazoid brains. And 
it's inconclusive. And she's like, well, what does inconclusive mean? He's like, we don't know. You know what it means, yeah, Deanna. I can't find anything about this, so I can't tell you can't one way or the you. other. You may get your uh, powers back. You may not. I don't know. And Troy's like, well, why didn't you come as soon as you could? Uh, maybe yeah. I'd be fine. And Crusher's like, I think you know that you wouldn't. Uh, this would have happened either way. This was an accident. It's not anybody's fault. And then Deanna storms out yeah. of the room. Yeah. Man, to put that on Beverly. That sucks. Ugh. Now Beverly's got to go to counseling. Yeah, which she can't know. go to Troy. <laughs> got to find some other ship's counselor. Yeah. So Troy is going to Picard. I guess after she had this outburst, she maybe felt some kind of remorse or like understood the situation that she's in. And she's like, look, Captain, I got to resign. I can't be the ship's counselor. And now Picard's pissed. Everybody's yeah. mad. Picard is like, look, you can, you know, I, I know people that serve with disabilities in Starfleet. They're perfectly capable. Uh, we put them in positions where they're able to do their job. Like, it, it's fine. And she's like, no, I know my limitations. I'm the one with this disability, not you. So... I have to tender my resignation. I can't do my job without my empathic abilities. And Picard just kind of has to accept it. Right. So she goes back to her quarters. Riker comes to try, like, talk to her again. Yeah. And He's she's pretty again, insulting. Yeah, he is. Uh, she's again pacing in the dark. Yes. <laughs> and what she tells Riker is that... <laughs> I'm going to start doing that, see what freaks my wife out. Yeah. <laughs> she comes home, and I'm just standing in the middle of the living room walking around. Yeah. That's weird. It is weird. Who does that? It's odd. She should be at least watching some harp ladies or something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what people do in their downtime here, right? (laughs) Maybe that's just a Riker thing. Seeing what the replicator can make. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So Riker's like, all right, you know, what's up? And she says, I feel like I'm trapped in a two-dimensional world. Bringing that, that plot part in. Puke. She says everyone feels like a holodeck projection, and Riker's like, well, I'm here, I'm real. She's like, to me, you look flat. Like, I'm seeing the world differently. I am not used to this. You have to understand it. And Riker's like, you know, I kind of feel like you use it as a crutch. You feel like I feel all the time. I can't know people's emotions. I I can't do that. I just have to use my intuition to Mm -hmm. figure that out, and I think you can do that. And then he gets... A little insulting where he says, to be honest, I feel like your Betazoid part always feels aristocratic and distant. Mm-hmm. And which is true of Betazoids. Which is true of Betazoids, but it's probably not humans. the best thing to say. No, <laughs> to someone who recently went through, who recently got a disability. Right, who yeah. lost one of her senses. Yeah. You know, and it's like saying to Riker, I thought when you had vision, you were always a creep. Yeah. You know? So Riker leaves and they're doing that warp jump thing. So they're basically gunning the engines to see if they can get out of this thing or yeah. send some kind of message. <laughs> Put it in drive, pop into reverse really quick. Put it yeah, in drive, basically, pop into reverse yeah. really quick. It's like they're in a ditch. That's how <laughs> I'm going to think of it. That's uh, what they're doing. But yeah, so they do it, and it doesn't work. Uh, Picard is like, okay, cut the engines off. Let's see what happened. And Jordy's like, well, it turns out when... We went into warp. The energy got sucked into a graviton wake. So there is like a wave. They got rebounded back into the ship. So it set off this wave of energy. It went, I guess, into the particles or something that's pulling them. And then it got, it hit the ship again. 
So it actually like damaged them, I think. Or, or they, if they keep doing this, they can destroy the ship. Yeah, but it also is the only thing to get a response from yeah. these two-dimensional beings. Yeah. So it sent out like a wave of energy into the, mm-hmm. the second dimension thing. Yeah. So okay. it somehow impacted them. Because uh, they move slightly. Data yeah. points that out. Yeah. So maybe they can use this to, to talk to like do kind of a Morse code thing. Right. But through the warp engine. Right. Okay. Well, it proves, I mean, once we get to the conclusion, but it proves that they react to gravity and shifts in gravity. Okay. So now Troy, after... Your energy, probably better than gravity, of way of saying it. Yeah. But changes in energy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Troy, after talking to Riker, she goes to 10 forward. And Guinan yeah, comes Ninja up Guinan. and talks to her. Yeah. Guinan, I, I love when Guinan shows up. Uh, this is the best scene of the episode. I, th- I think so, yeah. Yeah. She's like, hey, uh, so I heard you're not... Ship's counselor anymore? What? What's that about? She's like, well, you know, I had this. Uh, I lost one of my senses. I, I don't think I can do the job. And Guinan's like, well, you know, I've got to talk to everyone about all their problems all the time. That's what I do as a barkeep. Yeah. You know, I think I should be ship's counselor. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm applying. And Troy's like, I don't know if you can do it Guinan like you have to have years of training she was like I've been a bartender for a long time <laughs> and she's like hundreds of years in fact yeah she's like it's different like it's not just casually talking to people you gotta like guess their motives figure out when they're lying to you and like prescribe treatment like you don't have to do that as a bartender she's like I don't know I think I can pick it up why, why do you think I can't and Troy's like all right I know what you're doing you are trying to prove that I am using my gut instinct and intuition to figure out that you're just messing with me. And Guinan's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, she knew what Guinan was doing. Right. It doesn't fully convince her yet, but she's like, okay, well, you got me there. Uh, which I, I thought it's was a, a wide grin Guinan has the whole time. Too. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. yeah it looks like someone's mess- who's messing with you. Right. Yeah. But it was she was messing with her with a purpose. Yeah, totally. So I, I did like this scene. Uh, while this is going on, Data has found that these two-dimensional beings are the thing that are dragging them. They're not just dragging them anywhere. They're dragging them to a cosmic string. Yeah, which is a real thing. Which is a uh, theoretical oh, thing. Theoretically I to, real thing. I had to look it up, and just based on the Wikipedia article, I know nothing about this kind of stuff. Uh, it's it, like a crack in space. It's like a crack in space, sort of. Yeah. With a lot of gravity. Right. So it's like a black hole. This will kill them. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like a skinny, long black hole. Right. So instead it's, of a circular it's, one. It's this, uh, theoretically, like it's this anomaly. So I guess in the Star Trek universe, yeah, de- definitely does exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like a skinny, long black hole. <laughs> They're going to be spaghettified and <laughs> destroyed completely <laughs> if they don't either talk to these beings, destroy them, or break out of uh, this pole. Yeah. It's getting to be do or die time. It's like when yeah. you're in a raft and the raft is about to hit a waterfall. Yeah. And you're getting carried by the stream. Except That's exactly the current it. is a living thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe sentient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Worf is now like, look, we got to do something about this. How about we shoot some photon torpedoes? Yeah. Can we shoot it? Let's shoot it. Right. Yeah. But now they actually do take Worf's advice. They're like, yeah, I guess I uh, can't really do anything else. We tried talking to him. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Got to shoot him. So they do it, and they're trying to shoot it in front of them to, like, maybe send a message, like, hey, hey, someone's here. Doesn't work. Yeah, it does nothing. They're still moving towards this string, and nothing is changing. Uh, Picard then calls on Troy 
says, look, I know you lost one of your senses, but you got to come and help us. Just anything, anything that you can do. So Troy is, you know, packing her stuff up, and then Brooks comes, uh, and she's like, oh, uh, you know, Janet, I forgot to tell you, I did resign. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm sorry. You ruined me. I should have let you know. And Brooks is like, no, listen, you were right. You were right that I, I, I didn't grieve properly, that I was just tackling my tasks to forget about my husband, and it wasn't healthy. Your intuition was correct. No so, way. Yeah, so Troy's like, oh, huh. Uh, my human side How about paid that? off. <laughs> <laughs> she had, yeah, so, you know, she was still able to do her job even without uh, her empathic abilities. So Troy goes to the ready room, and Picard's like, look, here's the situation. We've got these things that may or may not be, you know, sentient beings. We're pretty sure that they are. And they're kind of dragging us to a cosmic string that's going to kill us. They're dragging me down, Deanna. They're you, dragging me down. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you could work with Data to try to communicate to these things? Yeah, because Data's too logical. Right. and He doesn't really come up with solutions. Yeah, it's like, and I know the situation that you're in, but you still have a lot of experience with empathy, you know, even without your powers. Like, you're the most qualified person on the ship to do this because no one else has ever been able to empathize with a being like this. So she's like, well, I guess I don't really have a choice, do yeah, I? Because I'm dead if I <laughs> don't. Because we're, we're all going to die if we don't. <laughs> so Troy's like, I don't really know I can do this, but uh, I guess we could think like we're, as if we're two-dimensional beings. What? You know, try to put ourselves in that position. What? Flatten ourselves out a little right, bit. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's all lie down on the floor and imagine. <laughs> well, so this she's this like, is where the whole episode is just kind of like too ham-fisted yeah it's well so like ugh. she doesn't really even talk about it like as if they're two-dimensional she's just like they're animals so let's think like what do animals act on they act on an instinct like moths to a flame uh, yeah moths to the flame and i think she mentions like something like horses heading to a stable or something like that like data's like okay uh <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about diana but what if we imitate the vibrations that the cosmic string is sending because if they're instinctually drawn to that we're not gonna you know we're not gonna make them leave they're gonna keep going but if we trick them into thinking that we're this cosmic string they're gonna act on us and that'll leave us just enough time to break out yeah we'll set up a super futuristic bug zapper basically yeah <laughs> they're setting up like a, a bug zapper so if, except it doesn't zap them it's just <laughs> no so, uh, yeah, the, the ship is being pulled. It's like a light on a back porch. Right. Yeah. The ship is being pulled to the string. So Data and Jordy, they work out this thing where they, they kind of get the sensors or the engines or something to mimic the exact vibrations that the string is doing. And that does temporarily disable a graviton field. Oh, yes! It has tricked these two-dimensional beings into heading towards the Enterprise instead of... The cosmic oh, string, yeah. and they're able to gun it and break away. Oh, sweet! They're out of the time. ditch. Yeah, <laughs> they're out of the ditch, or the water flowing towards or, the water, or the river, whichever or metaphor we decided worked for this particular thing. <laughs> they have now broken free. Oh, thank goodness from that. So they're back on the bridge. Enterprise is driving away from this like tiny crack in space that they would have been sucked into had they not. Trick these two-dimensional beings into <laughs> into running away into the bug zapper. Yeah, into the bug zapper. 
And as they're doing that, Troy has another flash. Whoa. Oh, it's another headache. Oh, no. She going to lose another sense? Oh, no. No. She's able to read other people. They're not, they don't feel like two-dimensional beings anymore. Oh, her powers her. are back. Her powers are no magically way. back. Again. Again. Yeah. Just like last time this, this happened. So this episode did not mean anything. <laughs> this is just a one-off. That's how it could have been a good episode. Yeah. But she is able to sense some kind of uh, reading from these two-dimensional beings. So while the Enterprise would have definitely been destroyed had it launched into the cosmic string, she feels a sense of like completeness and a sense of home from these two-dimensional beings because they wanted to go there. Ah, the they, circle is complete. Right. They're two-dimensional beings going to a thing that makes things two-dimensional. <laughs> it spaghettifies them. Right. Yeah, so they're back where they need to be. They're lasagna noodles. Right, yeah. It's a, <laughs> Without the uh, ribbon edges. Yeah, the square peg is in the square hole. Like This <laughs> is where they wanted to be. Uh, and she was like, yeah, they're not harmed at all. And, you know, they, they, they're happy that, that they're there. And what happened was... They got trapped into this like this field of these two-dimensional beings. Their emotion was so intense about heading home, and there were so many of them that it overloaded her empathic abilities, and it, it briefly caused like a, a, a it was like a, a brownout basically mm. of her powers. Or as Riker delivers real badly. Oh my god! A short circuit short yeah so they're in 10 <laughs> forward and they're they're talking about what just happened she's like yeah so like their their emotion was so strong that it just it uh, overloaded and so Riker's like yeah so it's like a short circuit huh he's like short circuit yeah i don't know he was ready to go home yeah like he, was, he was ready to cash his check <laughs> and leave uh so guinan then comes up he was rolling his eyes as he delivered yeah the line. <laughs> i know you can tell it's like okay i get it fine come on let's wrap your this powers got short circuited cool all right. Gunnan then comes up, and she's like, hey, uh, so what about that ship's counselor position? And Troy's like, it's been filled. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's uh, the episode. Uh, uh, better than talking about it the second time through, Patrick. Yeah. This is the part of the podcast where we like to rate what we just saw. If we thought it was amazing, must watch Star Trek, we set to kill. If we thought it was pretty good, comes up in the queue, we give it a watch, we set to stun. And if it was horrible, avoid at all costs, no reason to ever watch this episode, we leave it in the holster. So, Patrick, what'd you think? Leave it in the holster. Uh, yeah, sorry. Mm, I already knew you gave it that rating. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We did this before. But it just didn't really do that much for me. I felt like there was such potential to talk about issues like disability, to talk about issues like grief, you know, and and that process. And we just got this one-off episode where they're talking to these beings that don't matter, that we're never going to see again. And a lot of the acting was really corny in this. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it just feels like this is one of those episodes that you just you can just totally skip. Yeah. It, it was of no consequence whatsoever. You know, I know that there's a lot of one-off episodes in Star Trek, but, like, so many others do it so much better. and gives you actual insight into the characters rather than, like, Troy going through the stages of grief. These are what the stages of grief are. I just read this Wikipedia article about it. <laughs> Wikipedia didn't <laughs> exist yet. Yeah, I know, but we had this uh, uh, world book. Uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, I didn't like it. No, I'm gonna give it a set to stun. Whoa. Um, yeah, I don't know if last time I might have left it in the holster. I think you might have. Oh, I I upped it. Damn. Simply because it's the first mention of the brain. <laughs> How do you know if they're coming? <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what they said about the Breen. Neither do I, really. I just think it was like a. It was a. I think it's that Betazoids can't read Breen and Frank. That was it. Data yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it could have been great if, like, the subject matter is a good subject matter to talk about. Yeah. And can be very interesting and something that we can all learn from. Right. Um, uh, teach us all a little bit of empathy. But the fact that we've already kind of been through this road where she's lost her powers and yep. like got them back by the end of the episode, the only way that this could have been different than that is if she lost her powers and they stayed away. Yep. And we had to deal with that. Like, an ongoing thing, an ongoing character arc could have been very or interesting. Or even if they just went away for a long period of time. Yeah, the rest of the season. Maybe. Yeah. And something cool happened for them to come back. Yeah. But it was literally these two-dimensional beings showed up. I don't have powers. Two-dimensional beings go away. Everything's back. Yeah, something terrible always happens to Troy in one episode, and it just never gets talked about again. No, the music box thing. The, Remember that? Uh, when she got pregnant from a star or something. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, man, again, with Deanna Troy having these like very ham-fisted analogy episodes. Yeah. It's like that's what they use her for. So, you know what? I'm downgrading it. All right. Yeah, you know, Damn. leaving the holster. I upgraded it for a moment there, but now no. we're talking about now it. Now that yet. you think about it, God, no. it's not good. It's not, not good. good at all. Not a good episode. Uh, yeah, so leave that in the holster. Uh, I changed my mind. I'm allowed <laughs> to do that. Yeah. I'm human. You had a short circuit. <laughs> short circuit. I just hate the way he gives that line. All right, Patrick, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, just one thing real quick. So if any of you all gave to Patreon and had to duck out because they were suddenly taking like an extra dollar a month from you because they were offloading processing fees onto donors, they reversed that decision. Yay! So, you know, just keep that in mind. Yeah, we Th really appreciate your support. Yeah, we, yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you. For sticking through the weirdness that is Patreon. Yeah. Uh, and to everyone who's, who hung out uh, throughout that whole change in process. Did anyone even get charged when it happened? You know, I don't think they did. Uh, Thank God, because yeah. it was such a massive amount of... Like, it adds up, you know? An extra, yeah. like, 30 cents or whatever a month if you donate to a lot of stuff. And I know most people that give to us, give to a whole lot of other people, so it would have added up. Yeah, totally. So I'm glad that they reversed that decision. Well, so. that kills the small donation. Yeah, yeah. So thank you all for sticking with that. Yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, we owe you an original series episode soon. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a little behind because I screwed up this episode. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but we owe you one. We know it. Yeah. We're working on it. We got Christmas break right now. Oh, yeah. So and we can get a couple of us. I'm, I'm in Chicago for that. So Yeah, same here. Well, I'll be in Galena for a couple of days. Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Only a couple of days. All right. All right. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Pat Likes a Tweet because Facebook is for noobs. Let's see what's out there. Peaches. Hot sauce. Peaches. Peaches, hot sauce, peaches, hot sauce, your peaches.